sober driver or a lift or something well if we're two of us and we're each half sober yeah we should be able to make it home right yeah no cop would disagree no 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 reasonable cop anyway shall we begin the show all right we had started it years ago eight years ago tonight (laughs) on this very night (laughs) on a night just like this Eight years ago. Eighty years ago. Feels like 80 years sometimes, doesn't it? Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. But first, we'll talk about some recently watched. And uh, let's be honest, probably just going to spoil that too. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, uh... Top of the show. Um, you can find the music on Apple Music or Amazon where you could buy it digitally or say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon Dash Rays. I should probably check in with them and see how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, we're not professional critics. We are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Good morning. And Jolian. Hello. All right, guys. It's super exciting. We're, we're, we're finally done with that nasty business of Halloween. I mean, really. Ugh. i'm kidding i miss it and i'm delighted when i i drive one way uh up the street and i see somebody still has a skeleton a Mm full-size plastic skeleton on a swing in the front yard still got a witch hanging next door yeah i would never take the stuff down you know (laughs) if it were up to me well like how in the neighborhood it kind of evolves so skeletons start sprouting santa hats around this time of year some people do that if I was married, you'd all get fined. <laughs> November 1st, you're taking Halloween decorations down. Mm. If they're still up by the 6th, it's a $300 fine. We're going to send over some goons. Yeah. If we tell you more than twice, then the goons come over. <laughs> yep. Government sh- goons. They just rip a skeleton arm out and start beating you with it. <laughs> You got to make the punishment fit the crime. Yeah. What about Christmas lights? What would you do about that? Uh, you have till the 6th of January. And then? And then you get a beating if you stub your lights up. Even with the crappy Western rodeo. Excuse? Excuse. We leave it up for cowboys too dumb to know what day it is. <laughs> okay. In all fairness, for listeners who, who don't know what the hell we're talking about, here in Denver... Because the stock show, the Western stock show, uh, goes through the, what is it, the 20th of January? Yeah. 
Uh, we've got all kinds of rodeos and exhibitions. It's like three weeks. So. Yeah, it's a three-week-long thing at the fairgrounds slash event center, whatever it is. Um, and we're told, well, here in Denver, it's tradition that you can just leave your lights up. I don't know. Till mid-March. <laughs> till, till the bovines return. Um, and so people just do. Uh, just leave your lights up year-round. Just Okay, what do you think of this thing where like LED lights can have the control pad and just change the color? Can you make them like orange and you know purple or whatever for Halloween or green and orange or green and purple and then uh red and green for Christmas? Yeah, just change them. Blue and white for Hanukkah? Yeah. <laughs> sure. And then uh, you know, you red, can... white and blue for St. Patrick's Day. Turn turn them red for Valentine's Day, green for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Just green lean. and brown for Arbor Day. <laughs> brown lights. Brown lights. Not as popular. No. In fact, I think I'll go ask Target this winter if they have any brown Christmas lights. Mm. I need brown. Yeah. When I was in college, my friend tried to buy Christmas lights for uh, for his dorm room, and uh, he wanted all red. We must have gone through like eight, nine packages till he got the right color red he wanted. Really? Yes. Target must have hated him. He just kept coming back like every other day. <laughs> Not the right color red. Still a little too light. Still huh. a little too pink. What did he want out of this? He wanted a nice dark red, but I don't think any any Christmas light is going to give you a real nice dark red because they're shitty lights. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people act all surprised when their lights fail after one season or two seasons. Yeah, they're just the garbage. It's because you're supposed to ball them up at the end of the season and throw them in a box. It's the only way they last. Yeah. If you wind them around some sort of a spool no, or spindle, no. no. Just throw it in the trash then. It's got to be balled up, tangled. you got to take at least an hour to untangle it. Yeah. The next year. Then it works. Yeah, yeah I agree. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know anymore. Um, what is the show? <clears throat> what are we talking about tonight? A horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one, I mean? Uh, we're going to do uh, When Evil Lurks. All right. Uh, first. Okay. Um, so, recently watched. Uh, do you guys have much of a list? Yes. I, yep. Yep, have I you, do. Have you started Noirvember? I have been watching Noirvember. Tell, tell the listeners what, what that is to you. Um, it's pretty obvious. It's, uh, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> you I watch, listeners. I watch film noirs from the 1st of November to the 30th. For any dumb cowboys who don't know what day it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and typically I try to keep the, the noirs between 1940 and 1960. Mm-hmm. That's the... First that's wave, a, isn't it? Yeah, that's the real good stuff. There's some proto noirs in the 30s. Sure. Uh, you know, and there's stuff after 60. Uh, I guess that'd be neo noir. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or mod noir before neo noir. <laughs> yeah. There was the uh, uh, machine age noir. Yeah. Noir deco. Noir nouveau. There you go. Um, so yeah, I've, uh, I've unfortunately did not write them all down. It looks like I did miss two nights cause I had the worst headache 
I've had this year, so hmm. it's a lot of fun. I like to set aside a couple days just to have a really, really, you know, nauseating migraine or a sinus headache where you don't want to look at the light or hear anything. Uh, I watched The Scarf first. This is a new one for me, 1951. Um, looked good. Uh, fairly standard story with a with a goofy, no longer scientific ending, you know, with psychology that you're like, mm, I don't even know if that was true back then. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you're playing fast and loose with the rules here. Um, then I watch Pick Up on South Street, which oh. I've seen before. This yeah. is fantastic. Highly recommended. Sam Fuller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrea's the kind of scummy guy who's uh, <laughs> so playing a scummy a, guy for a change. I know. <laughs> uh, I think he's just been released from prison. He's a pickpocket. Um, yeah, it's so, pretty good. So yeah. he's walking the straight and narrow after learning his lesson. Yeah. Well, no, he goes right back to pickpocketing the second he's out. Yep. Oh, jeez. And uh, he steals a woman's uh, wallet, which. Uh, has uh, a piece of film in it that uh, holds some atomic secrets. Hmm. So instead of you ha having like mobsters coming after him, they have commies coming after him. Oh. So, yeah, it's good. It's, commies. It's commies. They, you know. Yeah. They Dirty, were a good foil, filthy too. commies. Yeah. Uh, the Big Caper. Um so rather than having a jar with a lot of little capers, you just buy one big caper. Yeah, it's about the size of a lime or a yeah. lemon. Uh, ooh, it is strong. Don't eat the whole thing one at once, you know. Yeah, well, there's a TikTok challenge for that. <laughs> yeah, the big caper. Can you eat it in less yeah. than a minute? Uh, uh, the mugger. Let me guess. He's recently released from prison. No, this one is... Goes right uh, back to mugging. This one was more of a procedural than a uh, <clears throat> straight noir. Typically in a noir, you want somebody at the end to be completely screwed over and not get what they want. Nobody gets what they want. Uh, yeah. This one being more of a procedural was uh, a police psychologist trying to figure out why this guy was going around mugging women and slashing their faces uh you get a lot of uh i don't know psychosexual uh nonsense mm -hmm. i think it was about his mother oh. if i remember correctly so it's freudian yeah you know uh mother issues seems to be popular film uh, Detour, I've seen this, this is a great oh, yeah. one. Everybody loves this one. This is the ultimate unreliable narrator. You gotta love the unreliable narrator. Yeah, he's he's great. And they're just, his story's great. Oh no, he just fell out of the car, I swear. <laughs> Hit his head on a rock. Oh sure, I took his clothes, but mine were wet. <laughs> and then I found a wallet on him. He wasn't gonna use that right. money, so why not? Yeah, I don't uh, see the problem. Uh, then I watched Trapped, 
I should have written some notes because I don't remember these. Hmm. Trap from 1948. I think this one was with G-Men and counterfeiting. Uh, Another Man's Poison. Uh, This was a, you know, uh, man cheating on his wife with some other man's wife and, you know, angers raised and (laughs) revenge is sought. Typical, typical stuff. Uh, Sudden Fear. I've seen this one. This is uh, Joan Crawford. Yes. Yes, it's it's pretty good. I watched another Joan Crawford one with uh, uh, Jack Palance, but I can't remember the name of it, so Hmm. that was on there. That was a pretty good one. That was uh, uh, kind of Christopher... Christopher Walken? No. <laughs> Wild guess. Uh, Agatha Christie uh, meets noir kind of thing. It's hmm. a, quite a kind of a, uh, a mystery uh, and, and noir. Um, she uh, is a playwright who writes plays. She's at a casting. Uh, Jack Palance comes up and he does his, you know, uh, try out for the lead role, his audition, and uh, she just says no. He he doesn't look the part. And years later, I think it's like seven years later, he runs into her on the train, and and he uses the same lines that he did that he was given in the play to pick her up, and they they kind of seem sort of interested in each other, although she is just an absolute bitch. Surprise, surprise. Uh, just way out of character for her. Um, <laughs> sort of unbelievable. I didn't quite buy that she was such a bitch. Um, which was the alternate title for this film. <laughs> uh, he shows up at her house at some point, and uh, she has just killed her husband. So they both kind of decide they need one another because he can stand in for her husband, blah, blah, blah. It goes a lot of places. Anyway, she ends up being screwed and he ends up being killed. Hmm. Uh, so have you ever heard that? Damn, spoilers. <laughs> have you ever heard that uh, Blue Oyster Cult song, Joan Crawford Has Risen from the Grave? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think so. You should check it out. I think you'll like it. I should have titled it No Wire Hangers. <laughs> right. No uh, Wire Hangers. Uh, noir hangers. Yeah. Noir yes, hangers. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Why not? Uh, women in or woman in the window. This is a Fritz Lang mm. film. I hadn't seen this one before. But you, didn't, they... you didn't fall for Witch in the Window again? No. This one with God Edward G. Robinson is the Edward G. Robinson. Uh, uh, what is her name? Joan Bennett. Yeah. From Suspiria. And Dan Duryea, isn't it? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> He's in it too, and. Uh, they, this was 1944. The next year they made a movie all together again. Fritz Lang, Dandria, you know, Robinson, Bennett, uh, called Scarlet Street, which I had seen before. It's probably my second favorite noir because it doesn't turn out well for anybody, uh, as they should. Uh, oh, man. Edward G. Robinson yeah. is so screwed over in this movie. Oh, my God. Uh, Woman in the Window is not quite as good. 
basically, uh, he meets a woman at G. Robinson's on, on a, uh, like an extended uh, lecture. He's like an assistant professor at a college for six weeks, I think, or something. And um, all his friends tell him, well, don't, you know, don't step out on your wife while you're there. It'll be tempting. <laughs> and he, he makes all these, you know, he, he meets uh, Joan Bennett and he's like, oh, I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't be talking to you. And of course, yeah, he shouldn't be talking to her. Uh, he follows her home or he goes home with her one night. They're just going to have a drink. And then her, uh, I guess, sugar daddy boyfriend shows up and gets into a fight with Edward G. Robinson, and Robinson kills him. So now they both have a body. They have to dispose of it, and and since they don't know one another, do they trust one another? Mm. She's just going to run to the cops right away. Uh, unfortunately, it's got a happy ending for everybody. Except for the dead guy rolled up in a carpet. Yeah, but he was a mob boss, so it's all right. Uh, he had it coming. Yeah. Dandry is a... A uh, private eye, or no, he's like a. Basically, he's like a private eye who ends up blackmailing them. Uh, then the best one I've seen this month, uh, Odds Against Tomorrow. This is one I have not seen. This is considered the last film noir of the. Uh, the great age of film noir. The great noir. age of film noir. This has uh, uh, Harry Belafonte and. Uh, Ed Begley? Senior. Senior, yes. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Ed Begley Jr. He was two. He was two. <laughs> Got the flannel suit on him. And... His, he doesn't look, his dad doesn't look anything like him. Kind of in the face, but yeah. his dad's short and I don't know. Uh, this was really good. If, you, if you've not seen this one, this has probably one of the best endings of a, of a noir as far as... Everybody gets screwed. Uh, they blow up an entire town. You'll find out how. Uh, Nightmare, another Edward G. Robinson. I'd seen before. I started it and was like, oh, wait, yeah, that no, I've seen this. Uh, Please Murder Me. This could have been a... a uh, pardon my murder. Pardon my murder. <laughs> uh, it could have been a... Uh, a uh, Perry Mason episode because oh. it had Raymond Burr. He was a lawyer. Hmm. Uh, Angela Lansbury's in it as well. Oh, okay. Uh, he's defending her. She's accused of murder. He defends her, falls in love with her, finds out she really did it. It goes from there. Is, uh, is there a point past which, you know, dumb, you know, you, you've, you've got the double indemnity thing. You got them off the hook. You know, they're probably not going to do it again. Do you just not worry about it? Uh, do, your, do your morals get in the way? or Yeah, I guess. Uh, the sex just wasn't that good. <laughs> of course, Raymond Burr didn't know he was gay at the time, so. Yeah. No inkling. It was a complete no shock inkling. to him. Just shocked. <laughs> yeah. He, until he read about it in the tabloids, <laughs> L.A. Confidential, he had no idea. Right. Uh and then finally, Impact, which I've seen before. This has uh, 
Donlevy. This is for Brian Donlevy in it. Hmm. He's pretty. Uh, I think he he played the uh, the detective with the uh, loose gun safety rules in Plan Nine. Oh yeah, he's scratching his head with it and mm-hmm. pointing at things, pointing at people, and yeah, just yeah. acting with that gun. So that's it. Uh, wow. Other than a couple I missed, and uh, I may have not written down a couple. I'm very happy that you're doing November. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Not just well, starting it and... And bailing. Cause, tra- uh, trailing off. I get tired of watching movies every day. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, and then I watch some crap. <laughs> Wait, was it on Tubi? No, Tubi doesn't have crap. <laughs> yeah. But Freebie. <laughs> oh, is Freebie the new Tubi? Freebie is Amazon Prime's knockoff Tubi. Yeah. And then there's Plex and Pluto, which are basically the same thing. I'm going to prove you wrong when I talk about one of the movies I watched. That um, that Tubi doesn't have crap. Do you want me to go next? Yeah. Okay, gladly. All right, so coming up this month is the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy Jr. Or John F. Kennedy Junior. Junior. Okay, let's start. Junior, let's, junior. Well, let's, senior, junior. No, he got assassinated in his little airplane later, but let's do that again. Uh, can you self-assassinate? You can commit career suicide. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, There's noir where someone hires a killer to bump them off and then changes their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they want someone to kill them. Okay. Uh, so this week, um, well, this coming week is the 60th anniversary of... The assassination. I saw, I saw you had the bunting up. Yes, um, yes. I've got all the decorations. All the, my, I've got my JFK assassination decorations up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> November 22nd. It's a big day. Yeah. And here's here's the thing about that. Parade. It's a parade. It's in bad taste. Yeah. But they changed the you route. Wear a, <laughs> you wear a kind of bald cap with blood all over it. Yeah. It's yeah. also in bad taste. All the uh, prices of the book depository rooms go sky high. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's crazy <laughs> that day. I really got to check out that museum someday. Uh, so knowing that there aren't very many documentaries left, and some of these documentaries kind of more walk the line of the official story, and some of them go off the deep end in some really interesting theories. JFK conspiracies, <laughs> you would say? Well, okay. I'm going to say, in all fairness, there is a lot of hinky stuff surrounding this case. A yeah. lot of it. I mean... Yeah. Um, there are so much so they had to invent the word hanky. <laughs> they must have invented it for this situation. Uh, there's, there's a list of things that just, you know, you could scratch off two thirds of them and then the remaining third of them that, that aren't total garbage are pretty off the wall stuff. Yeah. But true. So when you, when you look at this sort of thing and then you're like, okay, well, was it as simple as a lone gunman said, I want to kill that guy and killed that guy? Uh, okay, maybe. But then again, things leading up to and things subsequent to the events really kind of tell you that there were plenty of things that were covered up. Things that were changed, things that were covered up. Uh, there were possible body switcheroos that happened. <laughs> Just weird shit. Like, why would they do that? Um decoy operation switcheroo yeah it was like a weekend at bernie's or some shit anyway so knowing that there is an abundance of stuff out there and that i've seen most of it 
I was surprised that Tubi had one more that was pretty new that I hadn't seen. <clears throat> and that there was something else uh, that um, National Geographic put out that I believe was on Tubi, uh, not Tubi, um, um, Hulu. And it was very well made, but very much along the official storyline. Super, like, I think it's three or four parts, but uh, I'll go into that right now. Okay, JFK, One Day in America. This uh, has interviews with, with like, the few remaining people who were the Secret Service guys or close to the events, like, up close to the events. So we're talking Clint Hill, Sid Davis, Paul E. Landis. Um, the bottom line here is, I'm seeing footage and still photos I've never seen before, which is pretty impressive for me to say that because I've seen it all. Um, when it gets to the very end and you haven't been told anything really new, but you've seen a bunch of great archival footage and some new interviews, it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, let's see how many, um, I think it's three episodes so far. Anyway, there might be another one cause it was coming it was coming off live, you know, like they were dropping new episodes while I was watching it. And it was, it was kind of cool. So that, uh, JFK one day in America, it's a TV miniseries, 2023. So good. Check it out. Then on Tubi, there is something called JFK conspiracy. (laughs) And you know, the joke we make sometimes, oops, all something, you know, which comes from the, um, Captain Crunch, oops, all crunch berries. Yeah. Jolian, do you know about this? Mm-mm. Okay. One day in the grocery store when we were younger, uh, some of us have seen in the cereal aisle, oops, all crunch berries was the name of uh, like Captain Crunch. Cap- uh, Captain Crunch. Because it didn't have like the little gold nuggets in it. It had just the crunch berries. The healthy part. Yes. The good part. Um, so this one could be called oops, <laughs> all file footage and, or not file footage, not even file footage. Oops, all B-roll. Okay. And I turned this on and I went, Oh God damn it. This is just a bunch of B roll. There was very, like very scant amount of anything archival that was like, um, public domain stuff that they could use. So whenever prompted, I believe they just ran some algorithm, some computer program where when, when prompted, it would pluck a piece of footage that would show something resembling that to really explain this. I would, I would encourage anybody. Okay. So when they say, uh, so-and-so authored a book and then it would show somebody writing with a quill pen or typing on a typewriter (laughs) and it would say that some people met in a covert meeting and then would have like this stock footage of like a bunch of business people in an office with like the, the, uh, the blinds behind them and they're all motioning their hands around and talking. And it's just the most generic, like, everything was filmed in an, in an empty call center. Like, and then they talk about how, uh, um, officer JD Tippett was killed. And then they just show like a body of a guy at the bottom of a stairwell. And he's got like a flat cap and a gun, like, and he's just laying on his back. Like someone chucked him down the stairwell. And it's like, what has that got to do with this cop? And then it would say something about, uh, agents or military. And it would show modern day agents, modern day military, uh, doing some generic maneuvers. And it was all just like file footage and, and B roll the whole thing. And then I started noticing after a while, this 
boring narrator is actually AI. Sounds like the whole thing is AI. Well, wow. yeah, yeah, I believe that the, that all the footage was plucked via AI, and and so this uh, this narrator. So you're saying that robots aren't quite up to speed on making crappy movies. They're making crappier movies than people can make. <laughs> Damn it! They'll take all the jobs. <laughs> they will take all the jobs. So I wanted to <clears throat> look up something about this. There's very little to be found, but but I did find a couple user reviews on Amazon. Uh, let me just read Always those. A good source. Yes, well, it's well Amazon where people will buy things or rent things and then write reviews about them. Okay, so obviously somebody who paid to rent this or bought it on a Blu-ray, maybe. Okay, this guy. I'll, I'll just give the first name and last initial. Ronald uh, K gave it one star. Terrible. Computer-generated monotone voice narrates over modern-day f- video footage that has nothing to do with JFK or his assassination. No film footage from 1963. No interviews with witnesses or experts. No new clips. Just a low-budget, poorly-produced documentary. Uh, Jeffrey A. gives it one star. This is the worst JFK documentary I have ever seen. Which he follows by saying, that's the title line. This is the worst JFK documentary ever made. I cannot believe how bad it is. Avoid at all costs. But I say the opposite. Everybody go watch this. It is stunning. It is stunning. Like how completely divorced from from what you're hearing to what they're showing you. Oh man, it's just I was thinking maybe the you worst know, garbage. It would be a JFK documentary, but they just the reenactments were just people in normal street clothes from today you know they're walking down the the uh the parkway there in dallas pretending to be in a car (laughs) well anytime where they showed anyone in a car or policed questioning people it was all just modern day people in modern day outfits and modern day cars like they mentioned something about uh uh lbj's limo ride after something and then it shows like a wedding limo it's like a like a recent model limo with a bunch of uh like flowers tied to it and stuff it's like what the hell are you well l lbj used to commonly put flowers and tin cans on his limo <laughs> uh, and then time travel <laughs> in a similar vein i've been playing with a uh, an ai art program where i've discovered that the more uh, detail you put in, the weirder the picture gets. Uh huh. So yeah. Um, which one? Which one are you playing with? I've. Uh, it's called Perchance. Okay. And uh, they have like uh, different photo types. So they have like cinematic, which is yep. pretty good. And they have like a well, bunch of anime ones, but then they'll have like mo- or uh, photographs from the '90s through the '20s. Or- okay. 20s through the 90s i suppose depending on which way you go through time um which is is fun because you pick something like you know uh some movie and then you put it in like their 30s and it'll make everybody's hairstyles and and the ships and you know the vehicles and everything that time so but you just start punching in weird details and yeah. non sequiturs and see what they come up with. Oh yeah, it's it's weird what those AI programs come up with. I I I, I paid for 
a subscription to one. I got the free week and then paid for a couple more weeks, but I ran out of stuff I could do. And the storage is weird because it goes out of your view past about a dozen or 15 Mm -hmm. pieces. So you have to start deleting stuff to be able to see what else is there and then just email it to yourself mm-hmm. if you want to keep it. Yeah. But I made evil Taylor Swift pictures and uh, they're cool. I mean, like she's a satanic priestess with black robes and horns. Yes. I at some point punched in. I can't remember the celebrity now, but uh, super villain. Mm-hmm. And they were just coming up with great costumes for these people. Oh, that's great. It was like, you know, I, I can't remember who it was. They can't get superhero costumes right. They can't get hands and feet right. No, hands are crazy. Arms are crazy. Legs are crazy. Sometimes feet or hands. Yep. Um, at some point I wrote something like upside down. And they, so they made everybody's face upside down for some reason, but then they were like split at the waist. So there was another upper body connected to an upper body at the waist and their faces were upside down. And I think they had legs for arms. Wow. (laughs) There was some freaky stuff. Uh, AI is like, hands, how do those work? Um, and, uh, you you guys will probably be surprised to hear this, but one of one of the very few blind spots I have in um, in in movie history is uh, Blazing Saddles. I've never felt, seen I, it. I'd seen clips of it so often that I felt like, meh. I mean, I kind of know what that's about. So I finally just watched it. I was a little surprised at some of the <laughs> some of the material. Um, some of the some of the humor does still hold up. And of course, Gene Wilder is brilliant as always. Um, uh, Cleavon Little, brilliant. I mean, everyone in it was great. Uh, but yeah, it was just something I had never seen. So I watched it and um, I'm glad I did. I, I don't know that I would need to see it very many times. But There was a, uh, a spinoff TV show of Blazing Saddles. Really? It was on CBS. I think it ran two or three seasons. It was made just for a tax write-off. And nobody's seen it. Really? Yeah. Weird. Really weird. It's uh, like, how would you like to be the star in that show? Mm. You land this role, you think you're going to be, oh, great. You get three seasons. It's built to but fail. But nobody ever gets to see it. And uh, just real quick, I watched, uh, because I was prompted to it, um, Witchcraft, the 1964 movie. It's a British horror movie, uh, yet... Um, Lon Chaney Jr. in his later years is in it. Uh, you just talking about yeah. him. Yeah, um, you've got. Uh, we were saying how, or at least I was saying that he is the only uh, real old timey alcoholic film star that I feel really bad for. Yeah, like John Carradine and and Cameron Mitchell and all the others. Nah, not so much, but. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. there, I don't know, something about his his runny eyes and his rummy face. Yeah. Yeah, he's all puffy. <laughs> or was it rummy eyes and runny face? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty puffy in this one. Uh, but yeah, we have Lon Chaney Jr., Jack Headley, Jill Dixon, Viola Keats, um, and several others. I mean, it, it, it's, um, it's that stylized uh, black and white thing that you want to see. 79 minutes. Uh it uh, 
I don't need to give you the plot, but... Uh, Does it involve witches? It's more of a property dispute kind of a movie. Uh, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> it was heavier on the craft. <laughs> right. Than the witches. So, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, that one's worth a look. You know, it's very atmospheric for anyone who kind of digs that look. Um, and if you're not too bummed out by Lon Chaney Jr. being... Oh, not well. Uh, so that was it for my recently watched. Julian, take it away. All right. I watched uh, The Sadness from 2021. It's a Korean movie. Uh, is it Korean? Um, so uh, a virus is mutating into something dangerous, but there are enough science deniers and politicians worried about elections that nothing is done until it suddenly turns millions of Taiwanese people into crying, laughing sadists. That's too unbelievable. Uh, as it's Taiwan... Speculation soon turns from terrorists to China. Extremely gory. Ooh. Extremely. All right. Uh, there are a few moments of humor, but you've got slaughter, torture, cannibalism, and on top of all that, rape. Not a good first date film. No, no. It's always rough to take a date. <clears throat> yeah. To any movie made in the 70s. <laughs> um, anyway, uh I watched the Mexus the Mexorcist, uh, believer. <laughs> the Mexorcist from, from yeah. this year, from uh, David Gordon Green, who brought us the Halloween trilogy. This is 151 minutes, including eight minutes of credits. Holy fuck! That, that's the other alternate title. Maybe it should Holy have been called fuck. that. <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. The Exorcist. Holy fuck! <laughs> uh, so. Uh, a pregnant woman in Haiti is blessed, then killed by an earthquake. The daughter survives. Thirteen years later, she and a girlfriend disappear for three days and come back all surly and creepy and bedwetting. But they're not just they teenagers. Became... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before you say. <laughs> they're not just teenagers. just te a phase. <laughs> they're possessed teenagers. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> that's, that's the sequel. Um I thought this stretch was quite good about the anxieties of single parenthood and the alienation between a father and daughter. Almost an hour in, it links back to the original movie with the appearance of Ellen Burstyn, photos of Linda Blair and some Mike Oldfield on the soundtrack. Hmm. And from then on, it's largely callbacks. Oh. Uh, you could drop both of them. Uh, you could drop both of them, meaning like Blair and uh, Burstyn, easily without changing the plot. They're just in it for the trailers. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just trailer moments and legs. Uh, but I, I feel that most of this franchise has no good reason to exist either. Um, you know, Exorcist, Exorcist 3. What more do you need? Yeah, skip the rest. I mean, there were four of them, and <laughs> two of them are no good. Because there was a prequel at yeah, some Yeah, it's Exorcist the beginning. And then there's Exorcist... The first one in Exorcist 2. Yeah. Where they're in Good a soundtrack. lab. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, anyway, back to the plot. Turns out the Christian neighbors are right and the atheist wrong, which is fine, such as the way of horror films. Sure. Uh, one of the possessed girls stabs out Ellen Burstyn's eyes with a crucifix. But there's. Did no... she see that coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there's no problem for the neighbours to bring both girls home from the psychiatric ward. They just pick them up, bring them home. Yeah. Uh, along with self checkout, along with EEG monitors and a defibrillator. 
okay. uh, for a DIY exorcism. Um, heavy-handed on the jump scares and exposition because the audience is stupid. So far, they've spent over $430 million on this trilogy, <laughs> and they've made less than 123 Ooh. Hmm. Maybe they won't make the other two. Somebody's not an economist. Well, they spent $400 million on the rights. Yeah. And Ellen Burstyn kept turning them down, despite you know them upping the pay to her, until they said they'd give money to some cause she supports. Hmm. Her bank account. So this is, this right. is done for all the right reasons. They drove a dump truck full of money to my <laughs> yeah. house. I'm only human. Uh, if you want to do that to me, then I'll be in your next exorcist movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Back it up. Um, okay. Uh, Minutia Brumo Gabe. <laughs> Easy for you to say. The Man with Magical Powers, as I translated it. Uh, from 1981, directed by Lilik Sugio. Uh, a Teddy Perber movie where a man persecuted by a village for being ugly undergoes an ordeal of temptation by lounge music dancers and turns into a weirbat with laser beam eyes. That old story? Also features wizardry, zombies, and a troglodyte. Ooh, a troglodyte. Uh, that sounds like a cookie, doesn't it? Or a candy bar? <laughs> yeah. Pick me up a troglodyte. <laughs> it's chocolate and lemon. We're back to Joan Crawford here. Um, Dulles Stretch is where it's just another variation on Dracula but the, the lounge music dancers temptation scene is gold loved it um, Invasion of the Dead 1973 directed by René Cardona Senior oh yeah <laughs> I've seen this uh, Professor Zovek bodybuilder <clears throat> Mesoamerican scholar Tibetan mystic and escapologist is consulted on the meaning of some petroglyphs which warn of an elemental disaster Sure enough, a black sphere from space lands nearby and the dead arise. Some grow facial hair and fangs. Some can still drive vehicles or even fly a helicopter. <laughs> Zovek died during production, so talky scenes featuring Blue Demon and a tedious comedian fuel out the time. At one point, the comic relief escapes death by impersonating the zombies. Huh. Yeah. Take that. So, yeah. was that, 40 years before Shaun of, Shaun of the, the dead. dead? Yeah. Wow. Everything's uh, a ripoff. And here's, uh, I don't know if it's the first Italian zombie movie, but it, it's a close tie. Um, no, it's not. No, it's not. Sorry. Uh, Io Zombie, Io Zombo, Tu Zombie, Le Zombia. From, this came out in November 79 and uh, Zombie 2 came out August Sounded like you were conjugating a verb there. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's directed by Nella Rossati. Italian Zomcom about four zombies led astray by a book on how zombies behave. They have trouble ambushing victims, so they start running a hotel. Uh, it's broad, but it's quite amusing. I like when they're serving the diners, but sizing them up at the same time. <laughs> uh, there's a zombie strip tease and a siege in a supermarket, at which point one of them refers to Dawn of the Dead. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, that was all right. Uh... Blue Beetle from 2023 Ooh. is directed by Angel Manuel Soto. Have you seen this one? No. Looks nice, and we like the family, but the story is terrible. The hero is passive for almost the entire film, and we never find out why the space scarab decides his anus is the one it needs to crawl into. You'll have to see it to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty standard superhero <laughs> origin story right what there. With Peter Parker, right? Yeah, a spider crawled up his ass. <laughs> uh, the Bogeyman from 2023 One of many films called The Bogeyman 
1981 is still my favourite. Uh, but this one's uh, and it adapts the Stephen King short story from the 1970s. Um, and between then and now, this setup's been done to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's directed by Rob Savage, who did Host, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, family has experienced trauma. Skinny monster moves in when they're weak. Family comes together and fights the end. Oh. As per usual, and even though they all know the monster hates light, no one turns on the overheads or even thinks to use a torch. Uh, this trope flattens out the emotional experience. The trauma is referred to in dialogue. We only glimpse their pre-trauma times in a camcorder screen, so there's no contrast or dramatic shift between the light and happiness and the gloom and horror. I mean, it's not a bad movie at all. It's just familiar and not exciting. Yeah. Uh, Whiplash from 1948. Lewis Seller. Seen this one? No. I don't. Maybe. Okay. This has got Mike Gordon played by Dane Clark. He's a painter slash boxer who falls for Laurie Durant, who's played by Alexis Smith. Okay. Yeah. Who turns out to be the wife of boss Rex Durant, who's played by Zachary Scott, who's always great to see. Yes. Uh, and he walks into a web of cruel games. Ooh. Sometimes this feels like a parody of noir, but it's straight-faced and entertaining. Uh, Emily found the boxing scenes laughable. You know, she do, she does boxing. Oh, does she? And there's there's quite a few of them. Uh, but several performers were actual champions. Uh, photographed by Peveril Marley, who was married to Linda Darnell at the time. Oh, nice. He knows what's good looking. Yeah. Uh, Mirage from 1965, Edward Dimitri, this stars Gregory Peck, Diane Baker, Kevin McCarthy, Walter Matthau, George Kennedy. It's got a score by Quincy Jones. Wow. Uh, this is filmed in late October, but there's almost no sign of Halloween. One, in fact, that I saw. <laughs> uh, black and white New York looks gorgeous. Uh, they even visit the panther cage at the zoo like in Cat People. Oh, cool. Uh, Gregory Peck plays an accountant in a skyscraper where all the lights go out and suddenly strangers seem to think he knows them and several floors of the building seem to vanish and pretty soon various henchmen start pointing guns at him. All right. Yeah, pretty good. Um, The Purple Monster Strikes. Okay. 1945, uh, which is uh, also the name of an app on Mike Johnson's phone. Huh. Um, Serial about Martian Invasion first to do so oh really and possession by aliens which became a favorite trope of the next decade stuff blows up real good and there's tons of set smashing fist fights all right what you want from a serial uh the stranger from 1973 astronaut hits a space bump and wakes up in a world eerily close to our own yep Yep. except instead of apes it's conformists with (laughs) cameron mitchell Uh uh-huh and dean jagger yep I kind of like the story to this. I mean, it's yeah. it's not a good movie, but I kind of like the setup. Yeah, yeah, I, he, I like it when he, before he discovers what's going on. Exactly, yeah. Cool. The the setup is great, but yeah. then uh, after that, it it drops off. I understand right. it was a it's pilot for a TV right. series that Never didn't happened. get picked yeah. up. Yeah, another like the Invaders sort of thing. Yeah, this was one I was trying to remember the title of for. The longest time, about six months ago. So it's funny you watched it. It's like, I've, what was that movie? Yeah. I was like, it was a TV show. And I was just searching on Google. And then somewhere it came up. But yeah. Yeah, The Stranger. The Stranger, yeah. Uh, the Nun 2 from 2023. I'm mean, having a good run of 2023 watches. The Nun also, you mean? <laughs> Uh, it's directed by Michael Chavez, who directed The Curse of La Llorona and Conjuring 3. 
I understand La, hmm. La, La Llorona was uh, your favorite movie of that year. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, daring, original, terrifying. Captures the zeitgeist. Lingers in your memory and really makes you think. Really? No. Huh? Oh. <laughs> it's another conjuring cash cow. Um, good performances and effects. Pretty scenery. Impressive recreation of a mid-1950s street in Aix-en-Provence. Or should I say Aix-en-Provence? Starts with a demon nun making a priest burst into flames. Then it starts with a demon nun killing a delivery girl. Then it starts with a boarding school. And then you get Sister Irene from the first movie. Now, I may have scrambled the order of these several starts because we both nodded off a couple of times. Looks like we're sticking with the boarding school thread for a while, though. None of the main characters seem to be in any immediate danger, so you can doze through most of the rest of this movie, except when the jump scares go, Bleh! It wakes you up. Bagool! Uh, Bagool! <laughs> if, if you recall the gag with the magazine rack from the trailer, that's in there, too. So there you go. All right, you sounds know, like a winner. You know what they could have done? was just uh, have a bunch of uh, AI-plucked uh, file footage and B-roll of nuns and <laughs> convents yeah, just strung together. Save a lot of time. Yeah, just stick the jump scares in between. They just run the nun one, part one through AI. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. what happened. Exactly. Yeah, yeah quite possible. So, Jolien, you chose hey. When Evil Lurks. Evil Lurks. This is a 2023 supernatural psychological horror film, according to uh, one description. Um, Demian Rugna directed this. Now, we did Atorados, also known as Terrified. Mm. Uh, not to be confused with Terrifier. Yes. The one with the clown. Terrified. Uh, was, was the one without yeah. the clown. Yes. It was Sans Clown. Sans Clown. Is it subtitle arena <laughs> said on the poster? Um, Terrified. Sans Clown. I was unaware of this one. I'm glad you picked it. So It's brand new. Yeah, it's brand new. But how did you find out it was out there? Because uh, I've been looking out for what he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. Really like terrified. Yeah, and here it is. Yeah. So when evil lurks, you want to give a synopsis or a summary? All right. Uh, demons are born into the world through possessed victims known as encarnado or rotten. Rotten. Yeah. Uh, and authorities are absent. One character says the church is dead. Yeah. Uh, or they're complacent, like the police. Or they're just allowing the poor to be gotten rid of so they can take their land. A pair of brothers try to rescue their family, but end up just spreading the epidemic further. Uh, yeah, that's that it. Yeah, it, that's a summary. Yeah, it it uh, isn't. <laughs> and I don't, I'm sure this is um, the writer director himself. It's not afraid to show you some awful stuff that you don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his strong point. Yeah, yeah. He wants you to have a bad time. Yeah, <laughs> that's was, what you want from a horror movie. Well, yeah, and there are people who who uh, you know any anywhere on the spectrum of horror from mild to severe. There there are people who watch things through their through their fingers, just you know, a little freaked out. This is not for them. <laughs> I mean, uh, animals get killed, kids get killed. Uh, you know, sweet kind people just get laid waste uh it's just oh man it's a it's quite a ride like 
The goat dies, the dog dies, the kids die. Everybody dies. Yeah. Some of them get reanimated. Uh, Will, what did you think? I, uh, I thought this was a lot like Terrified um, in that both his films seem to just start. Like, action is already underway. And I spend about half the movie trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and who these people are. And then I realize about an hour in or so, it doesn't matter. It's nightmare logic. Just go with it. Yeah. Um, I think because the films are so sort of grounded in the real world, even though there's things happening that aren't real, uh, I want a more... uh, conventional story kind of not that supernatural you know just uh or not not supernatural but uh just a little more uh uh story setup like maybe we kind of get an introduction to these people and what's going on in the world yeah story structure yeah story structure uh it doesn't need to be grounded in reality so much exactly whereas italian films i'm more willing to accept sort of crazy dream logic because they don't ever seem to be ground in any real world. They they always seem to be kind of a dreamy movie world anyway. Whereas this seems like, oh, this could be Argentina or <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, but then you you're confused by like, what are these rules? Why can people sometimes remember the rules but then not? Right. You know, uh Yeah. What about atmosphere? Um, oh, he's fantastic on atmosphere. I kind of felt the same way watching this. It's like I, as the viewer, don't feel safe. You know, like you're in this world where nothing is safe. Everything's going wrong. And even when someone comes up with an idea of like, here's what we should go do. Here's how we should get there. Uh, let's grab this and this. And then it's too late. It's already too late by the time anyone. It's always can, too late. Yeah. It's like, uh, we should, we should grab the gun. Don't use a gun. Let's get in the truck. The truck doesn't want to start. You well, know? His, his inspiration for this was, um, there was these, uh, they were using pesticides in rural areas in Argentina, which right. were like causing cancer. Definitely. For sure. Oh and, yeah. And, and you know, the people in the cities and the government just didn't care because it's like a bunch of yokels. Yeah. yeah. What are they going to do? They can't afford lawyers. And, and also having been through the, the pandemic, I mean, uh, I don't know all the details of how it's treated in South America as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we know in Brazil, they just stopped counting. Yeah. I read an interview with Rugna where he was talking about how, if you, if you were to get either a drone shot or fly over like these rural areas, he's like, it's just a green mat of soybeans. It's just all about, you know, farming for profit and probably not to the profit of the people down mm-hmm. there amongst the soybeans. Yeah. And that's why they get away with that. Yeah. But on with with the, uh, the the pandemic, it was like uh, you know there's there's always uh, everyone knows what the rules are, but you know you have all these people who are like too lazy or too impulsive or too stupid to to follow them, or tired of it. Yeah, it's like I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, I've had enough of this. Yeah, so. we've decided the pandemic's over because we're sick of it. So and and uh, and you have this idea of um, this this satanic epidemic being fed by people's fears and yeah so they, they kind of feed the problem was there a point at which in this story grounded or not 
<clears throat> um, structured or not, where they could have successfully ended the pandemic of evil and it got screwed up and they didn't. Uh, no, it happens before this movie starts because the it's guy who's coming there to kill the, uh, whatever his name was. The infected guy. Yeah. Uh, gets killed by the kid who's, I guess, also possessed at that point. Yeah. Uriel. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's too far gone. His younger brother or whoever that, I'm not quite sure of the relationship there. But. It's too far gone be, before yeah, yeah, we, Pe- the audience, Pedro wander kill, up. Pedro kills the... Um, person who's supposed to take care of Uriel, isn't it? The, yeah. The cleaner. The cleaner, yeah. And and we're told they can't they can't be killed with a gun, that's gonna make it worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, well all the things we take for granted is things that separate us from animals. Like right. uh, electric light and gunpowder and mm-hmm. is 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 not gonna help. Right. No. Yeah. Basically so- the only way you can defeat it is not to be afraid of it, it seems. <laughs> If you're not afraid of it, it just leaves you alone because it has nothing to work off of. That worked on Freddy Krueger in the first Elm Street movie. It does, yeah. Except for he comes back at the end and for several sequels. So I guess it doesn't work at all. I guess not. <laughs> um, what were your... Uh, what were your feelings on the special effects, Will? Did, were you a little surprised at how far they went with it? Yeah. Because um, I don't remember Terrified being that... No, it's not that gory. It's no. not as gory. Um, yeah, this is pretty good as far as gore goes. Um, it's brilliant how they like you have the, an actual character or animal or something on screen, and then in the same shot, it's like something obviously... <laughs> Yeah, unreal happens to them. Yeah, uh, just the just Uriel. The oh, it's so disgusting. Oh yeah, mm. it, Uriel is the archangel of salvation who gave man alchemy. Oh, oh. fantastic! That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of ironic. Uh, yeah, our uh, our uh, Deus ex machina did not work. Uh, which was really kind of interesting to me that uh, we were shown a literal machine that was going to take care of mm-hmm. the problem, smashed to bits, and yeah. it looked like some sort of ship's sextant. Yes. Uh, combined with some sort of uh, uh, scientific device to look at the planets or you know measure the tilt of different planets or so. it looked like something uh, that would exist but obviously was fictional uh, or I shouldn't say obviously, maybe it's a real thing. We see one smashed up toward the beginning of the movie. Then we see one later in the movie with, Oh, it's intact. It's in its case. Okay. This <laughs> oh, boy, is the boy. thing. Yeah. This is going to fix it all. <laughs> and we turn around and the kids have smashed it to bits mm-hmm. and you could use part of it as a club. Well, if God's dead and the church is dead. There's no deus ex machina then. I guess so. The machine of God is just dead too. Broken. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> did did you have any hope for the second one going to do anything or did you kind of have a feeling, Julian, that it wasn't? I didn't know what was going to happen. That was the exciting thing. <laughs> it's it's refreshing, isn't it, to have a movie where you yeah. have no clue? Where's this going to go? And it's going to go somewhere you don't want to see. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's like what I want in a horror movie. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
I'm always a little afraid of what I'm going to yeah. see next. More than anything I ever see, it's the anticipation, mm-hmm. anxiety. And, th- and this movie has a, a very um, made-from-scratch, uh, independent uh, spirit to it. I don't know if it had much backing. Uh, yeah, nothing's high budget down there. No, I wouldn't assume. Uh, it just seems like if you've got skilled people and some good equipment, everything else is just like everybody work your ass off. <laughs> you know, that's how film should be. Should, you know, anymore. It's like state of the art and garbage. Yeah. I but mean, this is like roll your sleeves up and make a damn movie, but uh, genuine scares too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we meet uh Myrta who is going to maybe be the, person to help she's the one that has the other machine yeah and uh she uh, apparently was the uh we have the two main characters are brothers uh-huh. apparently the brother had some affair with her long ago yeah she was his teacher for something yeah and i don't know if it was just regular school or what but yeah sexy school <laughs> sexy school he's probably what 15, 20 years younger than yeah. her. He says that I was much younger back then. And and so was she. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. He wants to make sure that... <laughs> we all were, weren't yeah, we? Yeah. He wants to make sure his brother knows. Come on, man. She was hot once. She, I know she's an old lady now, but come on, dude. But no, she was a really cool character because she, she didn't waver from, you know, like, this is what we need to do. No, don't do that thing that you want to do. Don't use the gun. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Uh, that was no good either. Yeah, she's played by Sylvina Sabatar. Now, were any of these actors in the other movie, Terrified? Did we ke- did we check that at all? I I meant to. I did not. I feel like a couple of them might have been, but um, yeah, I didn't I didn't go there. But I really want to rewatch that one now that we've seen this. Um, what were some other things that you noticed about it? Julian? Um, I found it was like a, it was a grim and bleak situation, but uh, I was, some of it was just so surprising that I laughed. <laughs> yeah. So bad that you have to laugh. Yeah, it's like, whoa. It's like, uh, yeah, it's just this something horrible happens, but it's so out of the blue. And uh, yeah, I, I laughed. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, what's supposed to be really scary, you know, the little girl says something like, Dad's going to come back and kill you and get the car and smash you. And she looks so delighted. Oh, yeah. It's great. Oh, oh the oh, the one I, I forgot till you just said that was uh, was the uh, ex-wife walking down the road with the kid under, you know, headlocked mm-hmm. under oh, her arm, God. just plunging her fist <laughs> into the kid's brain. Like, oh, my God, are you serious right now? Did we need to do that? Yes. Yeah. I guess so. I guess it takes you to the extreme you never thought you'd see. Yeah. Too many horror movies st- shy away from killing the kids in the movie, you know. Yeah, this one. Dog dies, two children die, five adults die, and a goat. Yeah. And those other children, they already died before we got there. But yeah, they're dead too. Yeah. Or possessed. I don't know if they're dead and reanimated or if they're just possessed. Yeah, I think they're possessed. Yeah, they're but they're... Demonic children. So... uh so I do a bit about Argentinian horror because that plays into it. Yeah, please. Yes. So uh, I've only seen a few, um, but 
Argentinian exploitation cinema was more about risque comedies and horror for most of the time mm -hmm. because you know they had obviously had these extreme regimes yeah come in um so the horror genre was more successful on television starting in the 1950s oh uh you had uh, uh in the 60s you had films like obras maestros del terror and uh el demonio on the sangre and uh, they were two anthology films using stories by Edgar Allan Poe um you had uh, la venganza del sexo from 1966 <laughs> which is uh, one of the films released to Spanish cinemas in North America and was anglicized as The Curious Dr. Hump. <laughs> the Curious Dr. Hump. With two Ps. Um, <laughs> What's the second P for? It's a joke there, but <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Um, so Obras Maestros del Terror uh, from 1960 starred Argentina's horror star Narcisco Ibanez Menta. Ibanez, I should say. Menta. And also featured his son, Narcisco Ibanez Cerrador, in front of and behind the camera. Now, that Cerrador went on to direct Who Can Kill a Child oh. in Spain in 1976. So mm. you, you got the uh, Killer Kids, yeah, uh, which resemble the school scene at the end of this movie. Um, so uh, other Arge Argentinian horror directors I've seen films by are uh, uh, Emilio Vieira, who did uh, La Bestia Nuda. Okay. And uh, Sangre de Virgenes, both from 1967. Bloody fact, virgins. Yeah, he, he did, uh, or, or the Blood of the Virgins. So he did like six films in one one year. Damn. Exploitation films. Um, and uh, Leon Klimovsky, who worked with uh, Jacinto Molina in Spain. So the, he did uh, The Werewolf and the Vampire Women, for example. And uh, Dr. Jekyll and the Werewolf. Um, and then apart from Cerrador, I felt the... Uh, major Argentinian horror story influencing When Evil Lurks uh, was this uh, comic strip series from Argentina called Leto Nota mm -hmm. um, by Hector Germán Osterheld and Francisco Solano López where a bizarre apocalypse suddenly falls on Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. It's got a very similar setup in like something inexplicable suddenly descends on this, this group of people in mm. Buenos Aires. Um, it, yeah, it's a classic comic. I've not read it, but I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I can lend it to you if you oh, like. Oh, cool, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's good stuff. Anyway, I thought that played into it. Cool, uh, yeah. When we look at the filmography, Rugna has also um, uh, done uh, segments in some anthologies, which I've not seen. Uh, in 2011, he did uh, In Cursed Bastards. He did uh, two segments in that. And then more recently, Satanic Hispanics. In, oh, yeah, I want to see that one. Yeah, in 2022, he did the segment called I Also Saw It. Uh, so I want to see those. But he did uh, something in 2016, uh, which I'm assuming is a feature called You Don't Know Who You're Talking To. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, and then 2007, he did The Last Gateway, which I know nothing about. So I'm... You know, well, there's no more gateways after it. I know that much. <laughs> they say that, but then they just start making more gateway movies. Ah, damn it. Yeah, Freddy Krueger at the gateway. Um, so he's he already got a body of work. Obviously, people aren't afraid to uh, fund him, or he's not afraid to get himself funded. Yeah, there's several uh, Argentinian horror movies now. But it's, it's hard to see them. 
yeah, it, it's, uh, I believe these kind of things, if they're difficult to find, they'll just be made more accessible because who doesn't want your money? You know, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, really. you just need a boutique label yeah. to pick them up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about that next episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I, I went back and listened to a couple of, you know, I, I um, interviewed about a year ago uh, Rick Goldschmidt when we talked about the uh, Mad Mad Monster Party and then the uh, Rankin Bass, Will's favorite, uh, the Rankin Bass stuff. And It's rank, all right. <laughs> well, Rick talked about on, on another podcast uh, in, in, in the context of a different interview, how weird it is to him that there are people who own properties who know nothing about them and don't do the right thing with those properties. Because like the Rudolph, the red nose reindeer special is, has defined a lot of, you know, what people in America and around the world really think of when they think of Christmas, you know, this is iconic stuff. And, um, it, there has not been a proper restoration done where all of the things are put back in a Blu-ray or, or what have you, whether it's going to be televised or put on Blu-ray where you get the original, um, story unedited, but they made some changes and even switched a song out and it's weird that no one's ever put it back the way it was. And even as a, as a special feature on a Blu-ray, you could put the original commercials they ran, which used the same characters also animated. Uh, but it's like, sometimes it's like, Hey, we're the, we're the suits at universal. We don't, you know, they're smoking their cigars and they don't know, and they don't care. They're just like, what's the, you know, who's going to make it? It's, it's in, it's in production. Just do it that way. Who cares? Who cares what these jerks want? It's like, no, do it right for the, for the love of, of whatever the thing is, do it right. And eventually, you know, uh, somebody like shout factory or uh, synapse or, you know, one of these, uh, criterion, you know, one of these companies will get a hold of these things and do it right. Eventually I would think, but, um, Yeah. We, we get a lot of crap that's been saved. I think we'll get some good stuff that gets saved, too. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that Whatever th- the AI decides for us, I suppose. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I guess my bigger point to that was, if there's money to be made off of uh, Demi and Ragna's earlier stuff, if there's money to be made at all, someone's mm-hmm. going to get it from there to us mm-hmm. in front of our eyes. So, you know, the Tubi commercials can pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the same four commercials that play every time. Yeah, but at least it gives you a countdown so you could <clears throat> get, up, get up and get ready to go get your snack or your bathroom break. Uh-huh. Or yeah. more booze or whatever it is you're after. Yeah. It's nice. It's counting down. 10. That's why I keep a bucket next to the <laughs> next to the couch. One, uh, Well, two two buckets. One's got the booze in it and the other does best. <laughs> After the booze, I suppose. <laughs> Don't get confused. No, no, no. That happens on occasion, but it's a bad scene. But then it's, you're past caring. Yeah, I'm usually past caring, and uh, you know. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I wanted to mention that uh, although we don't see a budget on this, we do see a box office listed at 
just over half a million dollars made off of this movie. We have no idea what they spent on it. And we don't know if that's... Uh, it might just be domestic. Yeah, that could be, you know. But they'll, the more they put this out there, the more it'll make. So I'll just keep putting it out there. Uh, this gets a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah, which is very interesting. Um, Metacritic gives it a 75 out of 100 based on 14 critics who indicate it's quote-unquote generally favorable. Um, I like to think, though, that a lot of times this isn't for you. You know, the people who it's for are the ones who should cast their votes on these kinds of things. You know, uh, that being said, what do you think a non-horror fan would think of this one, Will? <laughs> I think they'd be thrilled. <laughs> I recommend you you put this on after Thanksgiving dinner this year. Mm-hmm. Gather the whole family around and watch it. Ooh, I have a better idea. As soon as spooky season starts and you get your first pumpkin spice latte, put this movie on. Mm-hmm. Start, yeah, s- yeah. start sipping. Nana will love it. <laughs> yeah. She we're, likes the gory ones. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna watch. Uh, oh, <laughs> what's the? We're gonna watch Hocus Pocus, <laughs> and then we're gonna watch When Evil Lurks. <laughs> Hocus Pocus colon When Evil Lurks. <laughs> I think Hocus Pocus is actually a scarier movie than this, though. (laughs) I know which one I'd rather watch on a loop. (laughs) This one only had, you know, bloated, you know, rotten bodies. The other one had Bette Mettler. Man. And uh, Sarah, Jessica, whatever. Parker. Parker. You brought her. You Parker. Um, so, uh, Jolien, what do you think? What do you think the Gorehounds are going to think of this one? Is oh, it too yeah. much Too much story <laughs> for them? <laughs> A yeah. little bit. I kind of wish it kept getting crazier. It kind of uh, gets more like regular in the second half. Yes. <laughs> Compared to the first half, anyway. Yeah. At some point, it seems like they peak with the nuttiness, and then they just... yeah plateau uh, with and that and i really wish that movies would proofread their subtitles oh they God. were so off yeah yeah i i've run into that a lot yeah i think AI's running some of that now yeah uh, it's not it's not as bad as the auto subtitles that come up on on youtube, YouTube? <laughs> oh <laughs> jesus yeah those are terrible they're so bad where they're just listening with a computer yeah not cool um, yeah, I noticed lots of misspellings or hominins or yeah, yeah. yeah some, sometimes it just wouldn't make sense. And, yeah, the oh yeah, the hominins. You're like no, and you can clearly hear it. And you're like, mm-hmm. do you not? How could you? Is English just, not your no first language? No one speaks Spanish in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, that too. You know, speaking foreign language. They said at the bottom, <laughs> right. And then they cover up the actual subtitles. I, I love that. Yeah, it's like uh, on, on TCM sometimes, like there's a movie set in Japan and it says, speaking foreign language. Well, I wonder what that language could be. English? And, and the worst Korean. ones when they're showing Westerns and you have like some tribes talking and, and, and it says, speaking foreign language. Really? The other really? people are speaking the foreign language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh. Well, this gives us 
again, and I like to say this, you know, this is the new guard, you know, the torch has been passed. These new writer directors or just writers or just directors, um, these folks who are in the game now are giving us something to look forward to, something to hope for, mm-hmm. you know, like every time this guy puts something out, I'm going to brace myself a little more. Yeah, I'd, claim, I'd call this movie hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a beacon of hope in the, in the in the genre of horror, but man, it doesn't give you hope for mankind or this this world we live in. Man was the real monster. <gasps> man was the real monster all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, every, every time we get something, I mean, like right now we're like, oh man, this guy's probably not going to have something out for a year, year and a half, maybe two years. But then, uh, he should do six movies a year, <laughs> which should. was a slow year for, uh, Roger Corman. <laughs> right. Cause it was like six movies a week. But I like to think that uh, while we're waiting for this guy, you know, Robert Eggers will put something out and then oh, we're yeah. like, oh man. Nosferatu. That's coming up. Poster? No. Oh man, it's it's gonna be something to behold. Uh, you know, and then, then this will like, be the one where he just he's lazy on everything. All the details are wrong, just to <laughs> piss everyone off. He's gonna just just set it in a modern day office. And yeah, just, just use AI Street imagery, clothes. right? <laughs> Ooh, it's real avant garde. Just uses image searches. Yeah. The, um, There'll be uh, there'll be times where it's like, oh man, Jordan Peele's not going to have anything out for a while because we just got something from him. But then we'll get Robert Eggers, then we'll get Dam- Demian Rugna, and uh, and the guy who makes the Art the Clown movies. <laughs> it's always going to be something Damien now. Something. Yeah, Leon. I think. Yeah, Damian yeah. Leon. Yeah. Um, it's gonna it it's gonna perpetuate now. You know, you might you might get uh, you know something that you were excited for that doesn't really satisfy, but then there'll be something else soon. And that's what we have now. Cause there was, there was a time where it was getting a little worrisome that we're old. <coughs> it was all James Wan. <laughs> yeah. Ty West. And you know, well, you know, what? I like Ty West. I do yeah. too. I can't wait for Maxine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, we got a lot from him right in a row, but, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to the next one. Yeah, there's that's one more. I, I was actually thinking of the other guy. Um, not Ty West. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, the point James being, Wynn, for, who did Birdemic? <laughs> yes, that guy. <laughs> I get him confused with Ty West all the time. <laughs> there's a clip on the on the internet that's just driving scenes from Birdemic. Because <laughs> that's like most of the movie. <laughs> Oh, oh, you gotta love that you just splice that together with uh, Manos the Hands of Fate yeah um, shall we do the uh, recommends and then uh, call it a show yeah alright Jolian yes Will no <laughs> I mean yes and I also recommend it I, I can't say that uh, non-horror fans are gonna stumble upon this and have a good time <laughs> they, they'll probably have a bad time but that's their own fault. Just, you're just going to have to uh, go watch uh, Hocus Pocus and... Yeah, watch The Nun. Yeah. The Nun. Yeah. It should be spelled N-O-N-E. All right. Well, we'll be back next time with the fantastic Willy's Wonderland starring Nicolas Cage. Yes. Sort of starring Nicolas Cage. Uh-huh. Listeners, thank you for listening.
stay out of Argentina. <laughs>